Welcome to selfdiscoverymedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. And I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guests today are filmmakers. Angela Hamilton, who I had on many years ago, I think it must be about five or six years ago, and Lester Alfonso. And we're going to be talking about a project that they are doing at the present moment called Birthmark. Both filmmakers, uh, both very, very uh, involved and and just this is their art this is their art this is their calling this is their passion sharing the stories uh, helping us understand things a lot better in life and uh, we learn through stories we learn through other people's stories we discover ourselves in other people's stories we enlighten and broaden our mind through stories so storytelling is absolutely essential in life and i'm glad that you've got a new story to share here angela and lester hello welcome to the show hi Hi, um, thank you so much, Sarah, for having me. And uh, the name that I'm going by lately um, is Gaia. I Gaia. have a revelation um, about the interconnectedness and interdependence of all sentient beings. Um, and uh, yeah, so that, that's my, my new opportunity to share with the world um, my new identity that I'm now going by, just Gaia. I, I, new butterfly come out, right? Yes, a new identity. I like that, you know, and... And that's the thing about through life is that you never know when you kind of have outlived your life as it was. And there's a new revolution of yourself, a new version of yourself, and the old name doesn't fit. So, yeah. Ab you, you absolutely. And I think uh, actually birthmark kind of marked for me a moment where I left my old name, Lester Alfonso, and I actually actually started after the film was completed, asked my friends to just call me L.A. Uh, L.A. is sort of a, a nickname I had during my university days, so sort of going back. But uh, I just also feel like the, the name itself um, belonged to a character that's now in a movie that's not me, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that was part of, in a way, the healing that I had to do um, also because sort of separating my my story from myself yeah. by putting it in a film then it's it's something I can regard from a distance and it doesn't control me anymore mm -hmm. kind of from the background so that's really the takeaway that I I I, uh, I had from making the film birthmark and uh, um, it's at the stage right now where we're just really want more people to see it Right. I think we're actually in a, in a wonderful phase of life. I was given the saying by the universe a little while ago, two and a half years, the universe is going to shake us up, to wake us up, for us to step up and change it up. And I think with everything that's been going on for the last few years, we're most certainly in the invitation of step up. And that means we can't be a part of the solution in the world until we become a solution to ourselves. And so that's stepping up within ourselves. Who are we? What are we representing? What are we, where is our passion and compassion and commitment to everything? And when we discover that beautiful instrument, we can now look for our orchestra and, and cohesively play with that orchestra. So this whole beautiful renewal and review of, of life at the present moment is very apropos, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and I think for me, stepping up means sort of um, really self-discovery. Yes. <laughs> and, yes. And actually just, uh, you know, um, accepting all parts of myself. And the only way I can do that is to really go deep and see what, what does, what makes me up? What, what are the mm -hmm. parts that make me up? And uh, a lot of the unseen stuff, like the shadow work, uh, we we end up doing that's really all the stuff that we don't acknowledge and don't see mm -hmm. that, that are at work and that's exactly what birthmark is really about it wasn't 
Birthmark was a way into that. It wasn't, I mean, it is on a surface level about birthmarks, mm-hmm. but really the film is about the, the stories told around birthmarks, which to me was a cultural artifact to begin with because we never, I've never really seen that in a popular culture uh, sense. Uh, those, um, you know, the urban, the, the myths and the old stories that people have had the superstitions about right. Right. So, um, yeah. And that's really a great key into superstitions themselves and beliefs are a great key into just exploring what it is that control us. Um, <laughs> oh, I mean, it's time to cut those strings, that's for sure. You know, we, it isn't a, one thing we have to understand we have no control. And, yeah. you know, when we actually understand that we actually do have more control, it's called choices, right? <laughs> and that, you know, and those choices empower us to to be to do to become whatever we're meant to be but we're leaving the era of mass control and we're leaving the era of being defined by your past you know your family your family's dna maybe even past life dna and it's an invitation to become right now we're going to see so many butterflies you know being born at the moment so i think it's a very exciting time but the one thing about birth marks nobody has the same one that's right. Each one completely unique, and that's part of the mythos around it because it makes us feel unique when we have it, whether it's negative or positive. It just makes us completely unique. Um, hopefully, it's in a positive light, but sometimes society or even you know your own beloved elders would tell you a negative story about your own birthmark and you grow up maybe believing that too much feeling cursed yeah exactly (laughs) that's what the film is about it was i had grown up thinking i was a curse of the family um Mm -hmm. because i had a specific birthmark um that was exactly (laughs) exactly it was a a cultural superstition Mm -hmm. um that that's and, all, and what I found also that some of these cultural superstitions are really local. I mean, you could, you could have a belief that just a neighborhood would share. Yeah. Or, or, you know, it, it's, uh, these local beliefs are really hyper-local and hyper-personal. I think that's where a story goes wrong. You know, a story around the campfire and then somebody else reiterates that story and it's going to change and it's going to change and it's going to change. And the human nature has now lived for so long in control and fear that the first thing they're going to look at something is as negative, as rather positive. And I think we've been conditioned to do that. And that's the conditioning that we need to change right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally couldn't agree more. Yes. So why did you get involved with this project, Angela? Well, Sarah, um, after I left Vancouver um, and doing the work that I did there in film and whatnot, um, I met LA as, as part of a media arts, Peter Barraza, as a nonprofit, it was an art run collective. And so we were involved with making a What is Art web series, interviewing all these artists, a 90 minute like web series, mm-hmm. interviewing like, I would say like 100 artists um, and ask them what is art. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was just a really amazing experience. And so um, through working with LA, he invited me to be part of this project. I remember saying um, uh, kind of a dare, like, so you think you can pitch at the Vail Asian Film Festival, which I found through my email. And I sent it to him and I said, you know, I think this would be a really good um, opportunity to, you know, he was asking me my input on his several projects. And I, 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 when I saw the birthmark um, blurb and the, the pitch of the idea, the search, the discovery, mm-hmm. um, because I come from anthropology and archaeology background, mm-hmm. uh, specifically looking um, uh, at transformational documentary personal filmmaking through my own um, mm-hmm. uh, explorations in, in documentary, um, personal documentary, that I felt like it was just a right fit for me to be involved. Right. So it's been a, a long journey. It's been many years in the making. And now it's finally done. It was um, actually it had a, a big uh, a premiere um, at the Reframe uh, Film Festival, Documentary Film Festival in Peterborough. And um, we were able to um, really bring uh, in all the different kinds of um, socioeconomic backgrounds and different kinds of um, you know, racial backgrounds and, and things. Um, and everyone had such a, uh, an amazing um, contribution of their own stories, the marks that they have in their psyche that they felt that were being healed and being unlocked, the unconscious mm-hmm. made conscious. 
And that was a big part of like the Carl Jung quote that started Birthmark. Um, for me, that was a, a huge part of allowing for like what Brene Brown was talking about. I was looking at earlier today, making your story, owning your story and making it visible so that what is invisible is made visible and that's your therapy. And I feel like that's what this um, uh, very um, self-reflexive creative nonfiction style of public domain editing combined with super eight footage of, um, you know, LA's childhood because he, happened to grow up the first 12 years in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. And so making um, the movie called 12, all about that journey when he was um, 12 years old coming to Canada, and now um, interviewing all the other people that were 12 years old coming to Canada, there was a healing, a beginning of his personal healing and personal storytelling, which you see in a lot of um, his body of work. And so for me, like I, I'm really honored and really grateful to be um, a part of that community of people that are um, talking about not just birthmarks, but about what's unearthing in their unconscious and, and in their lives that they don't know is affecting their behaviors, affecting their thoughts, their stories, their minds and how that um, for me it's really important because like you said transforming fear and control mm. into love and light and consciousness yes, yes, that's yes. my mantra each and every moment each and every day not just because of yoga teaching and you know things like that and holistic um, worldview but because I, I feel like it's so important for each and every one of us human beings to evolve to question our story inside of our mind not just the story that's from the chin up right you know is we've so many people have forgotten the heart or the heart is always in heart ache and not heart love you know and they don't know how to connect with their soul the beautiful intuitive knowledge that resonates with the heart in truth that goes to the spirit interaction and allows the mind to know what it needs to know when it needs to know it and we're always looking for an identity you know, uh, where do we fit? What, what slot are we in? And we don't see ourselves as the divine energy that we are. And that, you know, the birthmark of our life is this is what makes us so beautifully imperfect and unique. And I think the more we take down the walls and kill the barriers, but understand what is our instrument, what is so unique about it, how does it play, and then look for your orchestra in which to play it in. But that self-discovery is something that is wondrous and exciting if you're willing to kind of take down the barriers and the blinkers and feel it, not just think it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, um, I think part of the process that worked for me was that I was always into creating movies about my life. So it started with in film school with best waitress in the world and then uh, trying to be some kind of hero, which is my search for my missing grandfather. And then um, when I was approached by the National Film Board to do 12, I really had to step up and say, well, I got to do something personal and figure that trauma out that about uh, moving to Canada. And then in, in a way through the making of the film, um, discovering that I had been bullied uh, um, severely. And um, so when it came time to, to um, uh, the next film, I was uh, discovering that I had this story in my head about how the birthmark was bad luck. And I really thought, well, maybe I could, uh, like many artists, you could maybe paint a painting, write a song, write a poem. Well, I could make films. I could make that's films that's about my life. So that's I your instrument. That almost, <laughs> yeah. almost entirely uh, like not as a dare, but also as a dare for myself, to be honest, and as a dare for myself to maybe put this on screen, although I felt it completely embarrassing. And it, just, <laughs> it took so long because it was really difficult for me to edit myself, whether I was going to make myself look better or make myself look worse <laughs> than I was. It, to, to have you know, you needed an outside influence there because the way we always see ourselves is like, oh my God. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it became really, really essential to have Gaia around and, and other people around that were great collaborators. And it's really, wow, like people kind of hand helped me through a therapeutic um, exercise. And the fact that I can share it now mm -hmm. um, is just a great bonus. So. Yeah. 
You know, people don't realize how much change can affect them when we become so afraid of change. Um, you know, I immigrated to South Africa when I was 14 and I had a very, very sheltered life in England. And then suddenly I'm in South Africa and lifestyles are totally different. And I found my exploratory side of me going out there before my caution side stepped in and consequently kind of took some roads maybe I shouldn't have taken. Um, but one of the things that it was is about trying to fit in. And I realized I didn't. I mean, I was an oddball. I was, it wasn't just the fact I couldn't speak Afrikaans, I was British, and half the time I didn't even know what the South Africans were saying because, you know, the dialect was different. But it was how to fit in. And um, why is this whole thing so important to us, that this needing to fit in? I don't think it's so much to fit in, but it's to be recognized for who we are, not whether we fit. Because uh, the, this importance of trying to fit in, sometimes we have to contort ourselves out of proportion and then we lose ourselves so it's i am who i am as popeye says you know you can love me or leave me that's okay but as a child you don't feel that way you just want to fit in you want to find a tribe you don't want to be different at all do you no and i think that's why it's important as media makers and content providers to show representation of those people that that for example, have we ever had a hero that was not a villain that, right. a, <laughs> that, that had a birthmark? Okay? Mm -hmm. We've had several characters in films with, with birthmarks who are all evil and are all yeah. portrayed to be villains. Mm -hmm. um, what if we get someone that's not? You know, right. and, and I think that it's it's starting to shift. But I, I hope that we can have this awareness now that we got to tip the scale somehow. Yeah. We got to represent. And then that's part of the reason, part of the way we, we don't feel alone. We, we sort of like then feel like that's why part of the reason why the birth, making more films about people with birthmarks just makes it um, a kind of a norm. And so that people don't make a big deal out of it. And so that you kind of um, tend to accept your uniqueness a little bit more. Mm -hmm. We love making a big deal out of something, don't we? You know, I call it the CNN effect, take a pimple and make it at a volcanic eruption. <laughs> you know, this is how media and government controls people, right? And, oh, and oh, it's a melodrama. It's a soap opera the whole time. And then people by the end of it are all shaking like this. And really, it was just a pimple, folks. You know, yeah, yeah. And, But that's what media does. It conducts the fear. And, you know, both of your platforms are, is like, no, look at fear and understand it's been imposed upon you. It's not yeah. your fear. In you is love and light waiting to be discovered. And this fear is just a blanket that's been put around you to keep you in place. Hey, Angela. <laughs> yeah. And I would add um, to that, Sarah, that um, LA has actually inspired me to interview my mom. Mm -hmm. My mom comes to mind when you were sharing about that fear because, you know, she's been re recently having all this heart trouble and like anxiety and stress mm -hmm. because of the times that we're living in right now. And I feel every time I talk with her, um, to that intention, that strong intention um, of having this love and this healing energy come in to be able to um, hold space for that fear but with kindness and with you know slower you go gentleness uh, a wrapper in that love and kindness so that peace can come you know and, and quality of life and equanimity yeah and you know interviewing my mom like la encouraged me to interview my mom um a couple of different times because i'm actually i'm making a, a personal documentary story now it's a, it's a work in progress sarah yeah. um but it's a it's a it's an attempt to try to figure out who my real biological father is because mm -hmm. I'm 40 in 2020 and I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so this big question mark, you know, so it's about self-discovery. So yeah. finding um, a birthmark like LA's example is just such an inspiration to someone like me who's, you know, had this whole story and wanting to uh, make that invisible visible so that I can transmute that fear into creativity and inspiration for my family and friends and community and be able to share that with everyone. And I feel like when um, we're able to own our story, yes. personal story, then we're able to have um, an opportunity to have empathy and, and camaraderie with others, yeah. not just other personal documentary filmmakers, right. but with all of our relations and how we're interconnected and interrelated.
We can become our own conductors. Mm-hmm. 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 And I think we also, we also, this is also a transferable skill because I know we, we mm-hmm. have experience um, teaching university students uh, how to make short personal stories on video uh, with just whatever footage they might have. And consistently there's this, you know, kind of light feeling that comes at the end of it because you've sort of gotten rid of some of the weight. Yeah, the reveal. Mm. Absolutely. I don't think people really understand how much weight they carry around in them. And I'm not talking about the COVID pounds. I've got a few of those. But, you know, the weight of of the past or the weight of disappointment, you know, from doing all of these shows for so long and, and being a counsellor in the past, one of the things I realize is a common denominator is the lost or neglected child that we all carry within. And if we want to live a fruitful life as an adult, we need to go in and address that child. And, you know, there are different degrees. I'm not just talking about, you know, real bad abuse uh, or brutality or anything. Believe me, I've interviewed those and they're just mind blowing what people have been able to transcend from. But everybody's got something inside of them because a child wants to please. And a child will take on everything in its environment as their fault. And so if this disruption or disconnect or something going on in the family, the child will always feel guilty because I must have done it. And then the child doesn't feel wanted or they feel this. And the, those constantly get suppressed down, suppressed down. And it has to find its way out. And it will find its way out somewhere in adulthood in some form or other. But if we could not only be more nurturing to our children now as their children, but nurturing to the child inside, we will really discover more of who we are. Now, a lot of our DNA is an imprint of aptitudes and, and, and particular um, gifts that we've been given along the line. But the identity of who we are today and how we use those gifts is our choice. And we can't do that if we've still got that poor little child inside that's you know not being heard. Absolutely. And I think, I think, you know, I've discovered in myself that I've retained a lot of my childlike qualities. And I think it's possibly because there are a lot of traumas in my childhood that I actually haven't uh, wanted to let go of. Mm. In, in a way, I needed to retain my childlike qualities to a certain degree for my own journey. And that is to, and then the kind of consequence of that is I've carried with me some of the traumas that I still willfully not wanted to deal with and the more I I now want to deal with it and the more I now see it in my past I actually feel more of an like an adult (laughs) (laughs) no more Peter Pan for you (laughs) you know whatever that means it just feels more I just feel more um, uh, I don't know uh, more of an adult and uh, it's sort of a loss but it's also a beautiful a blossoming um, and so I realized that I, I, sometimes we carry these things almost like as a protector. For yes, us, you yes. Know, wanting, wanting to carry our traumas with us. And that's how I, it's interesting for me to discover that anyway. But, you know, you, you've maybe lost the sad child. But that doesn't mean the inner happy child, the glad child can't come out in you. And it's just a question of putting yourself in positions that that happy child that you've now released can come out in you, even in an adult. We must never lose that beautiful, inspirational voice of our inner child. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We just got to free it. (laughs) I think the inner child also can change its moods, you know? Like, I think if I I throw a temper tantrum, that's the child inside of me talking. Yes. And, you know, if I acknowledge it and say, okay, okay, what's your big deal? What's your big problem? And if I talk like that to my inner child as throwing a temper tantrum, then the mood changes and then um, I can have that happy child inside. (laughs) Have you seen the movie Inside Out? I, I did, you know, and I, I found it completely scary. I was, my kids loved it when I saw it, and I thought, I was just completely scared. I thought it was a horror film, like, just to be inside my own head and be able to anthropomorphize, like, uh, you know, the emotions. Uh, I, I just found it scary. 
I'll and that's probably that. because you were too scared to spend your emotion. You know, what I loved about the movie, and at that time, coincidentally, as no coincidence is ever there, I was interviewing a lot of psychiatrists, psychologists, or, or children advocates, and I would say to them, you've got to see this movie. They'll come back to me and say, thank you, we're using this movie as part of our curriculum. Because I'm always saying to people, our emotions are an indication of what's happening to us, or how we're reacting to what's happening in it to us we have to pay attention to it because if we don't we're not honoring that reaction but that doesn't mean you become emotional over the emotion right absolutely we've got to spend it and move on not get stuck in it and i think what happens to us and this is where trauma is we get stuck in an emotion mm -hmm. and then that emotion becomes our identity and mm -hmm. even though we know it's scary we won't let go of it because mm -hmm. it's so much of who we are and we're well, scared of who we will be without it. Absolutely. And the emotion comes from a thought, most likely. And the thought is something that we can control in a way that we could separate ourselves from our thought and then it wouldn't be as charged emotion. Yeah. So if we, I feel like I've, I've been lately shifting, you mentioned the heart, like shifting literally into mm. my, like, focusing my attention to my heart. And it's just kind of like focusing there. And, and because it kind of takes me out of my brain. And so when I, I'm like in my brain, in my brain, we're constantly in our brain. We don't know we're being controlled by it. We don't know we're suddenly having an emotion right now. Suddenly that emotion is making us do something. And we haven't had the time to stop and actually just shift down to the heart and say, okay, that's not me. That thought is not me. It's just a thought. I always find people who are artistic, whether it be music, movies, art, writing, whatever, is that one of the reasons I love interviewing artists or musicians is that the passion comes from the heart. They can't do what they do without the heart engagement. Everything else would just be sterile. And the, the whole expression of their art is told from their heart. And that's one of the reasons I love interviewing artistic people, mm -hmm. because really quite honestly, the soul cannot speak to the heart unless the heart is open. The Absolutely. spirit cannot use that heart yeah. until it's open. And with the feeling from the heart, the intellect from the heart is what then goes to the, the programming in the mind and says, okay, you've got that knowledge in there. I need that, that, and that to fulfill this feeling right now. So shutting our hearts down, I think is, is the death of us in many ways. We become the walking dead. It's, 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 it's really painful. Yes. Let's just own up to the so idea detached. that when we have, when we have a, um, uh, a fight with someone, mm -hmm. and our heart is so painful. <laughs> yes. It's painful. That's real pain. And that's death in a way that's going to help kill me. Uh, and that's not, it doesn't, I don't operate as well. So I like to keep my relations, you know, um, free flowing so mm -hmm. that I can, I can keep my heart open. Yes. Um, and your circle kind of gets smaller, but, but uh, you're with heart resonated people and that's okay. Right. <laughs> Cause together your hearts, you know, uh, make that whole choir there. Angela, you know, I know that you're a person who certainly comes from passion. Everything you, know, you do comes from that. Uh, but you're also an explorer. So, you know, it's not, you're not a one channel person, you know, for you, you like to explore what other stories are out there? Um, what other things? I know from doing all of these shows now for eight years, not only has it been brilliant therapy for me, but what I've discovered about myself through this and then become at one with myself just through that transcending through all that beautiful, wonderful wisdom that we've shared. What have you learned from all, all these years of doing movies and documentaries and in your own self-discovery? Um. Well, I would say what I've learned, Sarah, from working and collaborating with so many beautiful documentary filmmakers um, uh, since, you know, 2008, when I first began in my, in my discovery, um, is that the human condition is we're all related. We're mm. all connected, like I was saying before, because that, that universal story of all the different ways that we go through our, our human journey as an individual and collectively as a population as a whole, as a macro, that, that is a song and, and of that story that keeps repeating itself over and over and over like an accordion. I just, I see so many patterns um, that have been revealed to me through taking the time to listen. 
and taking the time uh, to be uh, attentive and, and curious. When I find um, I'm able to do that, then that's when there's an opportunity for that art to come mm. out, that truth to come out. Yeah. And that is really healing, not just for the audience, but for whoever might be um, in, in the opportunity to take in that art. But definitely my own experience of making my art has been part of that healing work. And I wanted to be someone who contributed beauty and mm -hmm. contributed um, a, a little observation of what I um, saw and, um, and how I wanted to, to share how to live your life, mm. but not through a top-down approach. Yes, but through something that was more personal self-reflection. So whether um, I was able to collaborate in film school, you know, with um, my my friends um, in making Angel Spike or, or making the polysex movie or having the opportunity to be a part of A Fool's Tale, those are all personal experiences that I was, dear diary, trying to explore mm. what it is that I learned from those experiences. And with LA, like we've been working um, uh, together on this mystery father project and essentially it's like my photo album with my video of my um, family get, it, get together at my grandmother's birthday combined with these interviews with my mom trying to figure out if my father if my father um, uh, was Mohawk and so we ended up taking a DNA test um, last summer and discovered that I'm not Mohawk, that I'm uh, half European, half Norwegian. Mm -hmm. um, so that was the big surprise uh, for me. So to find a way to own my story and being able to share it um, in a simple way, just in a little short movie, um, is my intention, you know, working on that during this summer as a as an opportunity for me to come to closure. Because I, I, don't, I don't have any clues of who my father is. Right. There's no photograph and I, I couldn't find it at any leads you know I haven't actually paid for a detective or anything <laughs> but that would probably be the the, the next step because there's really nothing yeah there, there is actually DNA detectives they can trace people through DNA interesting I didn't yeah. realize that mm -hmm. maybe that might be something in the future but right now it's just about making peace with my relationship with my mom and the story that she gifted me about my father and finding a way of identity and belonging and healing and self-acceptance through just being able to remember having some memory um, of who I am where I came from in order for me to understand me in the present moment and how where my purpose and my, my meaning in my life going forward and that's my my intention of going into documentary and especially personal documentary filming you know a meaningful purpose i think is what everybody's looking for you know that because really we are designed to be of service to one another and you know discovering what our instrument is and using it in a meaningful purposeful way we are now the contributors we're now the solutionists so by both of you sharing your own stories by being vulnerable honest and open and authentic you're giving permission to someone else to to share their story you know that oh my god that that happened to me oh like she's been so open and honest you know and i admit i've had people on here that have revealed things they said you know i've never told anybody that <laughs> you know? because it's that space and time where you need to tell we have become so guarded of our story and because somewhere along the line we were told to be apologetic about it and why are we apologizing for our story if we're still living we're still giving we're still participating we have through our story found our strength and our courage and our purpose so we should never be ashamed of our story even if you have gone down a path where things you've done are wrong if you've turned around and you're back on that path where you become a contributor again, bravo to you because you found the strength and the courage to place that value on you, on your story. And we learn best by other people's stories. And we find that we're all interconnected. Yes. We're, we're less alone when we yes. hear other people's stories. And it's a win, win, win. <laughs> win, 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 win. No losers at all. You know, but what do you want people to do? You know, so many oysters out there. We want to open them up. They've got a pearl inside, you know, and it's again, you know, I always say that people are living by society's expectation. You must be this by this age. You must do that. You must do this. You must do this. You must be white. You know, you name it. All these must be's. And we're looking at all these must be's and say they're not serving us as a whole.
They're not serving me as an individual. And all they're here to do is divide, lower our expectations, and take away our permission. Well, so, well, well for men, it's always been, don't express Yes. Feelings. Don't cry, express. baby. <laughs> you can't yeah. cry. You know, yeah. boys don't cry. So that's just, that's you know hopefully shifting because it's really men are suffering from that kind of yeah. conditioning, and uh, it's an epidemic uh, uh, on a different way. And uh, it you know we've all can, kind of conditioned in some way. So let's hope that the trend becomes let's tell our stories. Yeah. And have that be our binding um, thing that keeps us together. I say inspiration begets invitation. When people are inspired by your story, it's an invite for them to look into their own story. Whether it's a story to be told on, on any bigger level, or where it's just a story that they recognize within themselves, that they're willing to articulate in, in their own lives, we all need that self-discovery of who we are, not what our conditioning is but who we are from the inside out. And life isn't an outside in in any shape or form. We are inside out creatures. And the only way we're going to get to our beautiful spirit is by diving inside. And that can be scary sometimes. Can be scary sometimes. I mean, it does feel like you're going to be destroyed. And maybe a part of you will be destroyed. And part of you has to own up that your ego will be destroyed yes. when you go in. And that your ego is the one that's scared. And then we could say, hey, ego, it's all right. You're not actually going to be destroyed when you dive deep. And uh, Purified. I, <laughs> <laughs> I have to share with you, um, Sarah, before we go. I guess it's wrapping up. But no, I'm no, like, not wrapping up yet. Okay, good. Um, so um, uh, LA is going to be going to public text for school in September online as part of his um, uh, graduate work. And so he'll be able to teach people this um, kind of personal filmmaking that's called creative nonfiction mm. uh, uh, filmmaking. And can you tell her a little bit more about that? How exciting that well, is? Well, I, I, I just like I often found that the word documentary doesn't really, you know, fit the kind of stuff that I do. I mean, documentary seems to be like um, you, a word used to describe, say, news items mm. or... Um, you know, kind of like a Discovery Channel uh, type of show. Um, well, I like to sort of um, use kind of a, a mythic structure, say, like kind of a, um, uh, a transformation where a person transforms throughout mm -hmm. and it's following a kind of a narrative. So these nonfiction documentary films then become... Um, stories in their own right, movies in their own right, gotcha. rather than a, a documentary essay. A documentary often can imply heaviness. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, um, yes, you can be inspired. I've seen a few and been very inspired by them, but it also could be very heavy. And if you do have a heavy story to share, you can't just deliver the heavy all the way along the line. You've got to deliver the light. You know, who hasn't walked in darkness? Who hasn't received pain or loss or fear. We all have, that's the human condition. But the human condition is also to find the strength and the courage and the self-discovery of who you are meant to be uh, in spite of that or because of that. And so I think kind of, as you say, documentary, you know, it also like biography, you know, it feels like a tell-all rather than just sharing your own story. Simple yeah. as that, sharing your own story. And, that story will will in itself inspire other people. And if you keep the darkness and the light in the same wave, it, it's never going to get too heavy or too much where people say, I can't watch any further, you know? So actually, yeah, yeah, birthmark kind of works like that. In fact, uh, we've often called it a comedy. Uh, it's very funny. It's very I can't wait for you to see it. Well, oh, no, no, you're looking forward to it. Clown's perspective, let's say, uh, because it is kind of pointing at like this ugly mark and making fun of it. It's also a musical. There's a lot of musical numbers in it. A lot of ukulele. <laughs> Great, good. I mean, but that's what we're not just one dimensional channel. You know, we are multiple channels. And, and if we can't laugh at ourselves, you know, somebody else is going to laugh at us, you know, and stop taking yourself so seriously. 
you know, and, and there should be song and dance and everything. There should be. I've just uh -huh. interviewed somebody who is a coach that is because after a car accident and when she was trying to get her body back into go, she went and discovered salsa. So now she has an anagram for her business that it's salsa and she's teaching coaches and managers how to salsa through life. You know? And that's the thing. We got so kind of academic on everything. And it's like, no, no, no. Where's the wisdom? Where's the wise knowledge? That's got nothing to do with academia. That uses your academia. That uses your knowledge. But it knows how to spend it and how to invite other people. So we need more of those stories that make us laugh, make us cry, make us identify, make us inquire. Awesome. There must always be an inquiry afterwards. That was interesting. I wonder. You know, we always want to leave people with wonderment. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for, uh, for doing this, Sarah. I really want you to see 12. Since you moved yes. to North Africa at 14, it's very close. And mm. I'm sure you can identify with that. Yeah, I mean, you know, people don't realize how hard it is to adjust to a new country. Yeah. And, um, you know, I went with my mom, who was a widow, and my mom discovered herself. You know, oh, wow. and all of a sudden, I remember coming home from school one day, and I'm seeing a motorbike with a woman on the back of it going up to my house, thinking, who the hell's that? It's my mom <laughs> in a wig. You know, this, my mom was a pearls and tweeds in England, didn't drink, you know, tea and everything else. And all of a sudden there's the hair flowing on the back of a motorbike, you know, drinking scotch partying and everything like, you know, and the true self of her came out. She found her, her space to come out, but it would also meant for a while that I was left behind while she is discovering her own life. And I'm kind of this 14 year old kind of stuck in limbo of, of like, who am I in this world? You know? So I know for a lot of people that have that change, a very good book for that is Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson. Oh, yes. Brilliant, brilliant on changing, yeah. We, you know, we, we're all going to go through changes in life. We're all going to go into new places. But it's what do we leave behind in the old place? What do we take with us? Why are we so afraid when, when we get there? And all it is is just purely the unknown. How do we fit in? Do we belong? Does anybody see me? Can they hear me? Right, yeah. all of that, and a child, especially a teenager, right? Mm -hmm. Doing this in the teens, yeah, mm -hmm. it's a difficult time being a teen, anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. I, can't imagine. I can't imagine what it would be like, yeah, yeah. But you're here now, and so whatever you look at in life, or however horrific something was at the time, when you're willing to go through the process and find that strength and courage find your abilities, find your calling, your meaningful purpose, then you look at everything you've gone through as a gift. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, thank you so much, Sarah, for having us. No, pleasure. How do people get this movie? When is it coming out? How did they reach you? Um, well, Birthmark is on the Vimeo On Demand. It's Vimeo, it's on Vimeo On Demand. Um, you can go to it by searching under birthmark and my name, Lester Alfonso. And you can also look at it from my website, lesteralfonso.com. Okay. And Angela, is it on yours? Um, there's actually an Instagram, uh, birthmark underscore documentary at Instagram. And okay. so there's photographs and production stills. And my personal website is fractalbutterfly.org. Okay. Um, that's actually um, where my films are. So if anybody would like to go there. And they're more than welcome. They're all for free. And uh, yeah, have fun. Also, I love to, yeah. Sarah, that for everyone that's listening, I wanted to have a special promo code mm -hmm. so that you get 20% off of your purchase or rental of Birthmark. And the promo code is discover underscore self 20. So discover underscore self 20 and you can get 20% off uh, uh, birthmark. Just look under uh, birth, birthmark, Lester Alfonso and Demio. Wonderful. You know, um, I think, you know, we're all in a world of exploration and right now with the lockdown and COVID and Black Lives Matter and Me Too and everything else that's going on right now, everybody is in question of themselves. You know, who am I? What, what role do I play in this? Have I been a part of the negativity? What is the positivity? We're all in exploration right now in everything in life because I love the shakeup that we're having. I really do. I love the fact that we've been invited to step up and change it up. But we've got to be willing to be a part of the journey. So watching somebody else's journey just helps us navigate our own, which is really wonderful. 
So, and I love your, your site name, Fractal um, Butterfly, because of course, Pascal Fractal was all about, you know, the different sides of ourselves and, uh, um, and the butterfly is always about, you know, coming of life, you know, out of that cocoon. And, and so apropos for right now, that's where we are. We're all in that. And it was also interesting to learn that a, a caterpillar turns to mush, just turns to gook before it becomes the butterfly. So I think yeah. we're in the gook stage right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, we're at the gook stage, but it's still us. It's yes. still that same DNA inside mm. that cocoon that's like, um stewing uh, i don't know it's having a chance to sort of reorganize and we're having this pause i think collectively yes reorganize ourselves yes the most perfect time to do shadow work mm. the most perfect time to do any artwork that you can even if you just like sketch something for five minutes set the timer for five minutes and sketch something about something that you uh, I, I do this with a class recently. I sort of like kind of dare them to just write something um, that they've experienced and I prompt them with something, say something that you found that a, a racial uh, incident, for example, that happened to you. Write anything that comes to your mind six minutes ago. And it's really, really quite amazing as, a, as just like a quick thing that you then discover, oh, this was inside of me. Yes. And... Um, Especially at this time when we are invited uh, yeah. to look at the systemic racism that happens around us. So um, I think it's a good time to do that. All of us. We, we all, all of us. All of us. Absolutely. Yeah. Being excluded and being feeling like we're not, um, we're not really, what we really are is we belong. We are the same as everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, and anybody who is afraid of anybody else's color, it is their fear. They've got to work that out. Do not impose it on us, right? Um, so, you know, and we've all got shoot to sort out. <laughs> so go and deal with it and stop spreading it everywhere. <laughs> right. Well, I'm, yeah, I love the, the aspect of, of the art of the writing. When I, you know, got my first computer because I'm dyslexic. So when I wrote, I got frustrated. I couldn't even read my own writing. But when I got the computer at 46, it was suddenly I found a voice. And, you know, I became the blogger and the article writer. And, and for me, everything comes out of fingers on the keyboard and I see what comes up. And it's an expression of what needs to come out at the time. And I think, you know, don't, don't go analyze or dictate what is to come out. Allow, allow, allow. Because it's your inside out that's wanting to express, to show your outside where you're at. Absolutely. And I think I would totally recommend uh, writing itself is the easiest mm -hmm. way to do this because I have started this practice where I've written uh, you know, just set aside an hour every day in the morning to write. And this keeps you in, in a state of reflection, mm -hmm. uh, introspection, and recapitulation that actually then becomes your, your ticket to a happier day. <laughs> I also think it, 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 it keeps your alignment in place too. Absolutely. Right? And that's something that we, we're really desperately needing. Chakras need to be aligned. Our energy needs to flow through us. And if we are crunched up anywhere, you know, in that blockage, it cannot flow. And that becomes a detriment to us in every single way. So finding whatever that excess, and a lot of people think, you know, meditating, but if meditation is purely a writing, that's meditation. Yeah. Right. You know, and if it's art or if it's dance, that is your meditation. It's a place where you lose yourself. Mm -hmm. and allow yourself to be and that's yeah. what we all need to get at a place to be ourselves <laughs> absolutely absolutely I've, I've actually benefited a lot from the teaching that there's no wrong way to meditate i used to think oh mm -hmm. that i have to do a certain way to meditate but now i just sort of the i just say shift down to my heart instead of meditate i, I, right. I shift down i whenever i can i'm doing dishes or in life yes. wherever whenever shift down to my heart and then even if it's just two seconds it helps me yeah yeah but um i had a wonderful monk on um called michelle pascal and uh he said forget about meditating in silence he says what do you do in the noise he takes people into Times square to yeah. meditate in Times square to be the mountain amongst the noise to find the peace in you when no matter what tactic is around you and that's where in your own self-discovery you have to find out what is it that takes me into my center and alignment and peace 
peace isn't out there. You are the peace that you bring out there and find that peace within uh, and not be caught up in that heavy vibrational static around you. So again, you have to explore what it is. What is it for you? Life is full of exploration and learning and discovering and growing and becoming and raising that wonderful vibration. That's what it's about. It's exciting. It is. It's really exciting. I'm really, I'm really actually, I'm the same as you. I'm excited about this pause and uh, I'm really kind of reevaluating um, everything I've actually been about, you know, mm -hmm. now because I, I've had enjoyed the break of not feeling like I need to find the next gig. Right. Find the next, um, you know, success um, and just kind of concentrate on just being still, reevaluating. And I'm realizing that the simple things like that I didn't allow myself to do just like by writing songs and making up songs on the ukulele, for example, um, because it's not serious, you know, I'm not a serious yeah. filmmaker, but really what if this is my calling and I exactly. become like mm -hmm. a traveling balladeer, like at the golden <laughs> days. That's really, that's where my heart is right, right. now. I'm right. Travel and sing songs. And the whole thing is, when your heart is ignited, your soul can speak to it, your spirit rises, and again, the mind knows what it needs to know. And, you know, very often it, it can be scary because it's not generally a path of money, right? right. But it's in a path of enrichment and abundance. And, right. and the money will be provided what you need, right? right? What you need to live on. But the enrichment of living in your heart and your spirit and your soul exuding out is going to ignite that in everyone. It's going to raise up that frequency and it's what we all need, you know, beautiful harmonies out there. So follow your heart, follow it. Well, thank you so much for that blessing. <laughs> <laughs> we need more heart followers. <laughs> I'm so inspired every time I get a chance to talk with you. Uh, my pleasure. It's good to have you back again. And, I, you know, I love the fact that you just... Um, oh, that sounds interesting. Let's go into the project, you know, and allowing, allowing, you know, people don't allow, explore, allow, stop controlling it, stop dictating it, stop analyzing it, just go with the flow and then look back and go, wow, that yeah. was cool, right? <laughs> that was cool. And you're not doing it for anyone else. You're doing it for you. But in sharing that love and exuberance, it will affect everyone else. Absolutely. That's the thing. We can't, we don't have any control of how it affects our audience. But all we can do is put out the story and it will hit whoever it needs to hit in the heart and help them on their journey of life. And that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. Our pleasure. Delight having you both. And I'll be looking at the movie uh, 12 and, and Birthmark. And of course, on both of your sites, there's all of your, your art and your other movies and everything else. And I, I invite people to delve in. You never know what you're going to discover about yourself until you participate and explore. And you just might be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> okay, thanks so much, guys, for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Until next time, folks, be willing to explore, okay? Because out there is a story that's going to ignite your heart, soul, and spirit. Bye for now. We hope you enjoyed the show. We look forward to bringing you more shows. Please go to selfdiscoverymedia.com slash shows, and you will see the incredible lineup of genres and shows that we have for you. We are here to make a difference in your life. Thank you for listening.